time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this episode 31 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri. I'm joined by the old man of the sea. <laughs> the one, <laughs> the only, the Bradchester. How you doing? Having all kinds of goodness. Just got done playing some games in the latest tournament. I'm pretty excited. I got my 40k mojo on. Yeah, you're smashing it on TTS, aren't you? I suppose that's in the the outlet for people in your position. And but you've been you were you've been going strong on that since TTS became a thing, yeah. Well, I was coaching on it a ton. I wasn't playing a ton of games. Mm. I was doing coaching on it mostly. And then uh, when I started getting, you know, we they lured me in. They said team tournament. And that's all I needed. And <laughs> I jumped in. And I've been playing the shit out of some TTS games. The I love it because of the fact that it lets us stay connected, hang out. Mm. I like having everybody on Discord. I need a little bit of an audience when I'm playing, so I'm like, I want to play my... <laughs> I need somebody, like a, a couple people in the Discord with me while I'm yep. playing at all times, so I I totally invite everyone. If you see me mm. playing, come on in. I want to talk some nonsense. Brilliant. I love that as well. <laughs> I love the community feel that it brings. I also really like how it lets you just... Uh, I don't have the money to go to Forge World and get my my two Diamond Hurons and my Barbed Hero Jewel, but I'll, in TTS, I can see if it's worth investing you in. Know, that's the, I'm not going to lie. I think that even going forward, though, I really, really like TTS for testing out things before mm. you make that big jump, man. You know, nobody wants to, you know, throw down 500 bucks and go, you know, I don't really like this. Exactly <laughs> you know I mean? right. Yeah, dude, it's becoming such a good melting pot testing pool for, you know, development. Even a bit of a, a think tank, really, just to test out concepts that you wouldn't be able to really test out otherwise. But uh, a bit a bit about Art of War Down Under, guys, is a two-part podcast. First one up for general consumption on the Frontline Gaming Network. Usually it's uh, Thursdays at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time it goes out. But if you're a member of our patron, you get the second half of this podcast, which will be the, essentially a continuation of one single conversation with Brad for this episode. It's going to be because we're going to be zoning in and covering his WTC slash ETC journey, um, which I'll tell you a little bit about in a minute. But part two of this episode is going to be the continuation of that discussion. And part two is available to our patrons. And you can get both the part one and the part two uh, over a week early on our Patreon site, which you can find, you know, Art of War Down Under on Patreon, or you can purchase this one um, on the artofwar40k.com, which is a brand new Art of War website where you can purchase our podcast and also the Nick Nanavati, John Damaris podcast for a nice lump sum, $10 rather than the, the $5.90 you'd pay for each one individually. So jump over and support us if you at all like this content. But me and Brad, we're going to – so Brad is a quite a unique gentleman, especially being – uh, of course, apart from being the, the wonderful bloke that he is, but apart from that, he's one of the few people that live outside the continental um, Euro, like core Europe, that has attended like more than three ETC WTCs. Brad has attended nine of the damn. <laughs> I've been here forever. It's I ridiculous. Think, I think Team USA just keeps accidentally putting me on the team now because they just <laughs> think that I just come with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is yeah, exactly right. It's just part of the furniture at this point. But that is a monumental achievement in and of itself. And unfortunately, had things got a little bit better, uh, you probably would have had a tenth and be looking towards your eleventh um, this year. This, I'm not gonna lie, the biggest thing, not well, not the biggest, the the biggest gaming thing for me was not that the big trip. I mean, I a lot of times I see, and I talk to a lot of people. I've met so many people over the years from all over the world. You know, from this. So, and that event gets so many countries together 
and it's it's fantastic. If you guys ever get a chance, I'm telling you, team tournaments are the way to go. Period. But jumping across the pond, it, you you meet so many different people, you, the different ways mm. to play the game. We do a we do a 40k boot camp every year with the Swedes. We yeah, I should love that. I think that's such a cool thing. I think that's something I've been trying to encourage Australia to adopt as well because I think there's a lot of strength to that concept. Um, but what, what are you able to tell the people a little bit about what um, ETC and WTC is for those who don't who may not know or may not be familiar yeah. with it? Fantastic format. What you have is every country has an eight man team, and every team is only allowed to use each faction once. So you have eight different types of armies. So you have one marine, one guard. Well, you know, going down the line, and then you have a pairing process. You have eight eight games that are played, eight one on one games. And you score those games on a 20, 0 to 20, so you have a differential. And then each one is paired. So you and I are pairing. Round one, I set down a defender. You set down yep. a defender at the same time. And the best part about it is, is you get to deny an attacker because they after that, you, they put two attackers out. Each of us put two attackers out. You take one, you deny one. And it's such a different style of play because of the fact that you can also bring a lot of these really focused lists yes absolutely right it gives such agency to so many other builds you go to something like the lvo and in, in, in a lot of lvo's parts which we, we kind of consider the lvo to be the pinnacle of singles achievement in the in the game you know itc achievement but uh you see a lot of homogenous lists i mean especially the, the last one we had there the one in start of 2020 oh, space marines don't get me started i played yeah. iron hands i i played marines but i played my raven guard i felt it was so out of the box come on <laughs> <laughs> and so there was still like two or three of those i mean pam Preen was taking an almost yeah. carbon copy of yours and oh, uh, a bunch pam, of pam Preen and fennel and i both uh all got together and we're like what are we gonna play and then we played <sighs> within 100 points of each other's list. That's that. so good. And then actually the Broviathan was the same thing. And uh, if you looked at it, and, and unfortunately it, that is a thing where uh, singles events can be very same-samey. I mean, in the years that um, Double Speed, like, like Nick Nanavati won with Double Speed Yanari, Jeremy Marigold in Australia won CanCon with pretty much exactly the same list. Um, unbeknownst, like, un, like I can tell you right now, Jeremy had no knowledge of what Nick was playing, but they both came to the same conclusion. This no. was the best that was singles the list. That was the year I was third, he was first, and we actually brought the exact same list. Yes. And I think and Grappando actually had the same list. We it actually did. went to, we, we went to Sean Naden's house for a uh, <laughs> playtest weekend and we all decided to play Eldar. So mm -hmm. sorry, Nick and I's list had a way different. I had one more Reaper than him and he had one more spear than me. So outrageous. Just <laughs> I mean, and, how do you guys sleep at night? <laughs> and then Tony literally changed his army the day of the tournament. And we just went, just play what we said to play. And he's like, I got it. I'm just going to play this. Yeah. Well, but that happens a lot in that environment. And in Teams events, you will see two or three of the same list. Like the, the best list in the game is still going to make a Teams environment. But the fact is, you can only take that list once per team. So you really got to think outside the box. You really got to, especially if you've got eight lists you have to bring, and each one of them has to be unique. Oh, and it, it's so different on that too, because say that list is considered the best list in the game. Well, all of a sudden, your opponent's, and this is huge. I want to tell you, I actually want to get, I want to, I want to start storytelling because that, this makes me think of this because that list is now expected to get a 15 plus, but as a defender, you're, you're just going to take 
take away points as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to win yep. the game. You're just trying to low score them. Exactly. If, if you can, if yeah. you if a, if you go into a game and they're, they're playing like this, I think this was the accepted thing. We always thought like the the twenty uh, twenty WTC was going to be a bit of uh, possibly in a bad place because of the way the meta was around the time of list sub. It was still very 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 much Space Marine dominated, and we all we we're all the opinion. Okay, so we have to build just we have to build like two or three lists that we can guarantee are not going to let the Marine armies get a 20. Like we're just going to build, doesn't matter what they are, they can lose, but you give them a 12 instead of a 20 and we'll win, we'll win around, you know, that you can just win around off the back of that. Um, and so this is the thing that happens in team events. Like you'll be, okay, so that's the best list in the game. Every single, you know, team that's worth a damn will build in two or three lists to just ruin their day. Oh, it's so big on that. It's funny because I went, my first, <clears throat> excuse me, my first ETC was Poland and I go to Poland and I well, and I'm playing the Polish team, weirdly enough, in round two. And I'm playing Grey Knights because everybody knows that I'm willing to ride whatever bandwagon's there. I'm driving it all the time. <laughs> so that's when Grey Knights were the, were the, the crap. I just I basically brought my Adepticon list that I won with, and I I'm throwing that down. And I'm playing one of the Polish guys, and he literally does not move a model past two inches off his board edge. And if the game ends at five. And he's like super psyched up and he got a, we got either a 10, 10 or like an 11, nine on it. And like, if it goes another turn or whatever, I, I win super big, but he just completely played to stall me and was super psyched. And his teammates are all high five him. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was Nothing my first happened. time ever. You know, I literally yeah. hadn't played in a, in a team tournament like that, in that format ever before that mm-hmm. year. And so I'm just like, you know, you every time you play in the Americas, it's mostly it's battle point type stuff. So, you know, I I'm thinking that this guy is going to try to get his maximum score kind of thing. And he's like, Yeah, I'm not doing anything. You're you're supposed to score a 16 plus. I'm gonna keep you down to a 10 or an eleven. Perfect. Cool. Huge <laughs> win. Yeah, huge win for that guy <clears throat> and for his team as well. And it's so unique like that. It's so flavorful. It's so interesting to see those intrigues. I have a similar story. I played Tau for the 2019 one which mad mad regrets on my part um <laughs> and uh, i played into, into an orc player i'm like if i get anything except for the stupidest heaviest board and I'll, i think i was like one of the last or second last pairings um i, I get anything where i can see any of his stuff i take you know I, i'm gonna get great kill points i'm gonna get great all these blah 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 blah, blah. um and then we got the heaviest board possible he didn't move for five turns on the sixth turn he tried to, to jump and to, and get a get a charge take off one of my primaries he didn't. I won by one point. And I was just like, sweet Jesus. That was terrible. So I just in in all in the essence, I think that there's so many reasons that team tournaments should be the focused going mm. forward. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to leave or get away from like singles accomplishments. But I would like. I, I think every, just about everyone I talk to. And everyone I like have on this show or I communicate with believes that singles achievement should be be there, but teams events should be the pinnacle of the game, should be accepted as this is the the best form of the competitive game, brings the best spirit to the game as well. Um oh, of com- so camaraderie, much. connection, companionship, all that, all that good stuff we like to promote. And also it's just a sick way to keep people engaged. One of the worst things about singles events. I think we were talking about this off air. Let's say you and I play round one. Obviously, you know, I'll, I'll probably, you know, beat you horrifically. <laughs> Just crush. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. No, Brad, Brad had beat me pretty well. And uh, then, like, my aspirations for the event are, are, are dead. I can, I can work my ass off 
and try and get a third place if I'm lucky, um, depending on how on the numbers of the event, or I can chill, take it easy, and not care anymore. And more likely than not, I can tell you most people after they take their first loss disengage pretty well and just kind of go through the motions for a lot of in a lot of the cases. And teams events, nobody ever disengages. Every round is like the first round of another major, um, and everyone goes in super cool. hard. It is so awesome because every every round is like a new tournament. It's just mm. it's so yep. much better with that. Because for me, it's so crazy because you just go, oh, even you suffered a setback, and you're like, the team needs you to score whatever you know, the maximum yep. you can get, you know, hold that person you can get, and you have to be mentally ready to tell you the truth. Mm. It's a different mindset because you just go, you know. A lot of players are, have a hard time, especially America had a long time where we had a hard time getting the mindset of team because a lot of people are just don't, aren't willing, like say, you know, it's psychic they're in their psych. You, you might just, if you're in pairings, if it's, if it's good for the team, you might just take bad matchups in the entire weekend. Yep. yep. And a lot of people just can't go. I lost four of, you know, four of six or all of my games. You know, but you really we were talking about it off air. The a guy that takes six shit matchups and scores, you know, seven to ten in a twenty point format is probably the MVP of the team. Yeah, exactly right, dude. The guys who go out and get twenties when they're expected to get twenties are just doing what they said they were gonna do. The guys who thought they were gonna get twos and threes but come home with sevens and eights, they're the champions. Yeah, I'm I'm it's just you have to you have to get into the team mindset, but I love the team mindset on that man. Same, dude. Because and I'm not saying that I'm the reigning American team champion, <laughs> um, but I'm saying maybe maybe we are. <laughs> That's the, the ATC. Yeah, because we yeah. haven't had it for two years, so I want I want we want it to the whatever the last time it was it held. So it will be it wasn't held last year. It won't be held this year. So two years ago from that. Well, I'll but, take uh, it, man. Let's let's yeah. put some let's inject some structure into this thing. Let's talk about. Like, so we, this is a Hobby Spotlight episode. We're going to be talking about the journey of Bradchester through nine um, ETCs and WTCs. So, but where did you get started? What, what edition did you start playing the game? Like, what was your first army? What was your first event? Like, tell us a little second, bit about second edition. Yeah, at the end, of, literally at the end of second edition, I, I had, and as everybody knows, I'm falling apart at all times. I had my first open heart, and I was super bored because I was getting dropped off at the game store. And I was a card player, role player, whatever. I played a bunch of other shit. I hadn't been playing miniatures yet, but I was like, I was just, I'm at the game store and I went, what are you guys doing, man? Like, I, <laughs> I need to know what this is. And then I, I actually got handed the the Imperial uh, Codex and the Chaos Codex, the old second edition ones. Yeah. With all the fluff, all the story. Mm. And I'm like, this is the bomb. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I started. I have, a, I have a funny on that. I just, I had no idea about modeling or anything. And I literally go to buy my first models and it was a, a Terminator, a box of Terminators. And all the people at the game store, a bunch of people were just like staring at me. I'm like, dude, why are you guys all looking at me? You bunch of idiots. And they're like, no, 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 no. Just, just go ahead. And then I open up the box. And in my mind, I thought five Terminators are going to flop out of that box. (laughs) And all I got was sprues and I lost my mind. And everybody's like, yep, this is what we were waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good, man. Uh, So your first first army was Space Marines? Chaos. Chaos Space Marines. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Now, you you mentioned something there. You mentioned you had your first open heart. Is that something you're willing to talk about? Yeah. I'm a a dumpster of health. I'm real. I'm I'm like a Corvette with a lawnmower engine. 
<laughs> so, like, yeah, that dude you, looks like he can do some stuff. Mm, and uh, we'll talk about that. We'll possibly talk about that as it, as it comes up. But if at any point, like your health has impacted your ability to play the game or engage, do chuck it in. That's stuff we want to talk about, how you've kind of triumphed over those impediments and those things. Because that's something that a lot of people out, out there can relate to, whether that's health-related, mental health-related. We certainly want to shine a light on I, the people. You know, who, I, I, I actually am really big on that because of the fact I also think that one I'm gonna get I'm gonna get full on. You make me do this is something close to the heart on this because I've had a bunch of issues. I have a lot of neurological things, so I get super bad headaches. I get super tired. I get all these mm. things happen. So a lot of times, I always take an army that I have tons of reps with that I'm yep. very familiar with because you get tournament fatigue, man. Even if you're mm. a healthy bro, you know what I mean. You yeah, but you know, and if you, you and I are playing later in the you know in five games in six games in. You know, you're going to have, you're going to be a little bit tired. Maybe you drank a little bit too much. You know, mm-hmm. you need to, and if you know the army, you have the ability to make decisions when the wheels come off. You know what I mean? When yeah. you're a little bit tired. And as, as the game gets more, I guess, more competitive and more competitive lights are shone on things. Like I can tell you in my fantasy days, there was a cohort of, of gents who used to come from a town, a couple of, in another state, and they used to smash the piss. Uh, every night like they would go out and they would get slaughtered like we would come the night the the morning of and two or three of them will be asleep on the like the front doormat of the venue because they couldn't <laughs> find their way back to their hotel but they knew where the venue was because it was the last thing in their messages or whatever and, you know and i remember playing one of those at um the round round four of a, a two day i'm like this guy is still maggoted if i just put the pressure on early i can crack him and fold unfold him up and it was a bad matchup for me because i was like okay what can i leverage i can leverage the fact this guy is still like has not slept, he's tanked, I'm going to go for it, go for the jugular and try and rattle him. I won that game. Um, and like, you never want to leave yourself exposed to things like that. And of course, I'd never, I, w- I would never try and leverage somebody's health or mental health in such a way. But for the people who do have these kind of limitations, I can tell you from experience that this is a factor for people. It's like, hey, I don't want, I don't want to be, these things to be impediments in my hobby and the things that I love. It's a big thing on that. I, I really think, I'm not going to lie, like I, I usually play, I play pretty fast anyways, but I, mm. I tend to, have time before rounds. I actually a lot of times get a, a small workout in between the rounds, especially yeah. at the hotels and whatnot, because it gets your your mental state back together. You feel mm. juiced up. You're ready to go. Especially, man, don't don't miss meals. I'm like I'm the king of the my my wife's always bringing me like drinks, protein yeah. bars, something yeah. to snack out, whatever, yeah. man, just to get going. But I see a lot of people like like you know, you get the guys that even if you're not like pounding everything down, but if you you've only drank a couple beers and you haven't eaten all day because mm. you've been so busy playing your games, man, you're not going to be on top of your game. You are not, you are not going to be as good as the guy. Like I, I don't know what other people do, but I like to do even just five minutes of a workout before, like, especially if I've gone undefeated on a day one morning, a day two, I'll go for a big walk. I'll do some squats, oh, 100%. I don't know, whatever. I just start, I think I, in I, Vegas, we have a tradition of that. We, uh, we go and we walk down the strip to breakfast. So we all wake mm. up and get mo- our mojo and everything together. Yeah, it's a good call. I think I think it's a good way to bond with others as well. But um, onto onto where your thing started. What was your first competitive event? Like, how old are you? What did what was the edition? What did you bring? I mean, I was a thousand already. I didn't even get. I didn't get into. I didn't even get into forty k until uh, I was in late twenties, early thirties. I've been playing for twenty one years. So yikes! A while. So I played awesome, my though. first. My first tournament was as soon as third edition went. I played chaos. And was super mad because I was thinking that the fluff was how the game was gonna go. Oh. And I brought all these chaos terminators. And I think my second game, a uh, guy brought a bunch of 
you know, dropping guard with plasma and they just picked up all my terminators. Mm. And I'm like holding the book going, the fluff says these terminators kill everyone. everyone. They don't get killed by six dudes named Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who were born like last week, yeah. have zero military training. Um, right. <laughs> I, I get so you. I get you. Mm. So that was your that was your first event. That was what was that? Was that just yeah. like a, an FLGS like an or a, just a yeah, yeah. That's nice. That's cool. I, I love those those beginnings. And uh, wh- what edition was your first WTC? Was that you said it was fifth? You took Grey Knights. I think yeah, it was fifth. It was at the beginning of fifth. I just I took Grey Knights. Mm. So, like so two thousand nine. I was about to say. Like no, I don't think anybody outside like Central Europe went to a WTC until like until about then. Um, and what, what was what was that? What was that first WTC like team like? Who was on it? How did they, how did you select it? Was oh, you it was actually so thinking random. Were... The very first uh, two teams. I didn't go for the first year that the USA yeah. win. I think that was Switzerland. And then I, Greg Sparks was the captain, and kept harassing me to go. You know, I'm, I was just cry- I was actually at that point in time I was doing really really well on the competitive scene. Hmm. Uh, I was winning just tons. That was back before. They had like war masters. It was all best generals. So I just won a yeah. ton of best generals and I was smashing through and he finally uh, told me, you know, he's like, dude, come over. And I go, dude, I don't want to travel, you know, just to play 40 K. And then of course I go to the first time and I'm like, I'm going every, every year, year forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you do with that one? How did, how did, was, what, what was America's kind of outlook on the event like then? Cause I can tell you from Ooh, similar, we, similar first, to Australia. First time we, first time we went, uh, we were the number one team in partying. We were not the number one team in uh, points. We did have people cheering for us uh, because Poland, you only went to like the same spaces. You went to the same restaurant place, the yeah. same bar place. And there was so, just a so small city. But we were walking into these places and they started yelling, the Americans! Because I was, <laughs> the first day we were there, I started buying uh, shots by the tray and Jesus. passing them out to all the teams that I had met. Yeah, so we went we went all in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How did you guys do overall? Like, did you where did you end up? Like bottom, Ooh, middle, upper. We went bad, bad. We were yeah. uh, we were like under under half. Like, mm. We weren't terrible, terrible, but we uh we had a couple. We for one, no one really knew how to play team. Exactly. Uh, that was the year before I started doing pairings for America. Uh, so we had just had, we kind of, we had a, we didn't really have a pairing philosophy and we had a bunch of singles armies. So they didn't, people had like, you know, actual concepts where they were going to pair. So mm. we, in that year, I think we played like Poland, Germany and one of the other powerhouses in a row, uh, and just got smoked in the middle. I think mm. we went three and three or f- maybe, I think we maybe went like three, two and one or something. Uh, it was not great, but we, it was one of those super learning was the first time I went there though, because we did the the European style in those team tournaments is so much different. They're completely, we were talking about it. They're completely willing to take their bad matchups and do nothing and score Mm -hmm. some points and basically take points away from you. And we were just super not ready for that. And we got yeah. into a couple of bad pairings, uh, and it wasn't until like our, our my like second and third year that the America finally started to really. And I have to give credit to the Swedes and uh, the Finns and some of the guys from Finns. We've had a bunch of different teams. We would do forty k boot camps where we'd go hmm. out and have three, you know, two to three teams all show up 
And, you know, we'd hang out, eat, you know, drink and just play a shit ton of games and just keep pairing and do, you know, because you knew your first rounds, you know, first round. So you do those pairings and just keep putting those lists out there. And a lot of times I feel like it's so eye opening because I went in and I think the very first time uh, Daniel Hesselberg uh, of Sweden, captain of Team Sweden, and I were playing uh, this matchup. And both of us like flipped exactly how we felt about it after we played someone else because you know each of the players playing that match had played so much different. Like, his guy played yeah. super different than I played, and yeah. he played super different. And so both of us went from like I thought it was super bad, and I went to middle, and he thought it was super good, and he's like, "I'm not playing that anymore," kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, it's it well, was, that's the thing. Like because there are so many lists and stuff. Like I don't know how you guys do pairings. Pairings is so incredibly important. Um, a lot of people, and I don't want to put words into people's mouths, but a lot of people when they pair for the first time or when they're like a, not a mature person in the team's environment, uh, very much overestimate their scores uh, oh, dude, because they the don't want to. They don't want to look the, weak. They the don't wanna, yeah, it, be having people be uh, honest about their scores. Hmm. For one, you have to give a score based on the the map and the mission. Yeah, it's not even just the army because like you and I could play and we're playing retrieval and it might be super great for me, but we might play scouring or something and it might be terrible for me because yeah. I have to play real wide. I can't keep you in front mm. of me. It's it's a completely different game. So people have to give different scores and it, it's hard to get people to give those honest scores per thing. And it, no one ever wants to fill out the whole Excel mm-hmm. spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's right. In an ETC, you go like I don't know how you guys do it, but we go through every single list and give yep. a and give a score, either a score or a traffic light. But uh, past that, so second one, you said there were some changes. Pairings became a big thing, and you have been like the mainstay pairings guy for the states since then, haven't you? Yeah, I, well, I, the biggest thing was is I got handed it is because the captain at the time, a great, he just he you know he had everybody rapping on him, and I go, I, I'll, you know, I'll do pairings. I, I'll mm. take it to the face. I, we're we're going to have people that are going to take terrible pairings occasionally to give the rest of the team good pairings. And he just didn't want those arguments. And I said, also, I'm not going to, I don't want people right up on top of you. I think that's a huge mistake when you get everybody yapping on top of you. Yeah. You should already have your scores. You should basically, you know, ask the, you know, the, the options real quick. How do you feel? A hundred percent. Is this score correct? And then, and then go from there. Cause otherwise, Everybody, nobody wants to take the bad pairing. You're willing to take the bad pairing, but no mm. one's just constantly like, I would love to get thrown under the bus every <laughs> night. You know? So it's, it's yeah, a big thing so on that. What's that second one look like? What did you, so you took Grey Knights to the first one. What did you take to the second one? I've taken a different army every year, I think, except I took, I've taken Eldar twice. But besides that, I've, I've played so much. I've been playing for so long, and I've played so many so I've always been really active in the mm. hobby itself. So I, I've always known a lot of different factions. So it's one of those things where I get conned into bringing anything. Yeah. Because uh, I can play it as long. And the thing is, is that that's what I typically do. And it actually, that's why I said last year, it messed me up. Because what happens is I, I get my army that I'm going to play in ETC. So, sorry, sorry, WTC. Sorry, Neil. Now a WTC, <laughs> but uh, but I get my army, and that's what I play for. The basically after LVO, I yep. only play my my WTC slash ETC list uh, until until the event. 
because I want to get in like mad reps. I want to be mm. like super good with it. And it's also the most important tournament of the year for me. Exactly. Our boys are the same. Like in Australia, you're allowed to play whatever you want up until CanCon. After CanCon, everyone is on their ETC, WTC factions or the two, the pair of them if there's like two, one or two that they were tossing up for them. And you're allowed to play anything else. Like you can and play whatever hard. you like within those factions, but not, you're not allowed to play any other factions. Yeah, and the thing is, is that we I think that's so important because we had a lot of different ways now that we've we now just picked a team. Uh, because before we had like a qualification type deal, but the problem is is that you're like, hey, you know, the top five players are all Yanari. You know, yeah, we have one spot for Yanari. So if you take the top five guys that are all Yanari, maybe they're not good at anything else. You know what I mean? Exactly so it's, right. It's exactly different. right. You can you can pick your I think I was talking about this with the Polish I had the, I had a couple of the Polish like WTC pretty much mainstay gents on a couple of weeks ago. And uh they were talking about how like, you know, the the best the best that like the third best admec player is going to be better than better than the sorry the the first best admec player if if admec is super weak in the meta is going to be the, the better than the second best yunari player if the yunari if you if you already have the first best yunari player on your list on your team yeah Does that makes sense you, you, yeah you just yeah. don't need you don't need to double up on those guys it's so start, you, we did yeah. we mistake that for a long time just because our qualification was like that and we had issues just trying to be fair with it but that's the problem mm-hmm. is, is you have if you know everybody's bringing the brohammer list and you have you know an entire team of guys that can play Broham and they're like, cool. One of you guys gets to play that. And we need seven other guys, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. So what did you take to that second one? And how did you, how did you go in that one? Was there any marked improvement from year one to year two? Oh, it was huge improvement on that. Uh, I, cause that was also the first year that we started doing the, uh, the, the boot camps we got together. Yeah. So I, I kind of got into that European mindset of how to play and stuff like that. And I also knew, I think that everybody's second year is so much better than their first, to, to be oh, honest. for sure. Yeah. Because you, you can tell everybody about that, but most everybody doesn't get it until you get there. And it's also hard to stay in that zone, especially if you're, if it's your first time there and you take the first defender list and just take a bad matchup every single time. It's hard to, mm. you know, you know, not be demoralized when you're like, I mean, even veterans I've had to sit down, you know, Gandhi was like super was MVP of taking horrible matchups mm. in the in the year that we won. And I literally, I think it was day two thing. I'm like, I had to pull him aside. I'm like, hey man, you know, because Gandhi and I are pretty good friends on that. We talk all the time. But I'm like, hey, um. I'm trying to beat around the bush about it. And he's finally like, dude, I'm totally fine. We're winning, you know? And I'm like, okay. I'm just like, because I'm like, I've pretty much just thrown you. I didn't even throw him under the bus. I threw him under the bus after I tripped him. (laughs) 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 He couldn't get away. He was already on crutches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, that's the thing is, is that I don't know if, people that the first time there are really good with that. Cause one, you, you come in and everybody you're bringing eight guys with big egos. Cause everybody thinks they're the best, you yep. know? And then all of a sudden you get a, you know, a shit ton of bad and you're not getting any easy matches. You're playing the eight best people that thought te- that country. Yes. Could bring. <laughs> so it's, you're not just yeah. getting walkovers all the time. <clears throat> and I can tell you right now, clean sweeps where a whole team goes like it gets eight wins. It pretty much never happens. Oh yeah. Somebody somebody's gonna lose in your round in your pairing. Somebody's gonna go under the bus. Someone's gonna lose when they thought they were gonna win. It's just it's just gonna happen more often than not as well. But uh, okay, so second one is pretty much same as first marked improvement. Does the third one stand out at all to you? Is there a, a moment in time where you can tell us a bit about the third one you attended? 
once we started, I I started always only playing it. I think it was it was either the second or the third that I never played anything else besides my ETC list mm. after LVO, basically. So and kind that, of the, the 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 culture of the team kind of coalesced into a bit of dedication. Yeah, myself, like it was part of us did that, and then yeah. more and more people started to do that, and I think that's when we started to really pick ourselves up. Um, and we had, and the thing is, is it took a, it took multiple years. We always had about half the half to a little bit more of. They say you got six, eight, but there was always a couple people who always kept, you know, wanted to play for max points kind of thing in a time mm. where you should probably be playing for a ten. You know, yeah. because a lot of times in games you're like, I'm going to do these risky moves, and I might get, you know, sixteen to twenty, but if they don't work out, I'm going to get a two. You know exactly. what I mean? Yep. Yep. And then I way rather have you take that eight you know automatically and and me count on that because a lot of times that's just the difference because you're gonna figure eight it's eight eight games and you have to get a 86 for a win so you're mm. looking at oh uh, you'd i'd rather have almost all tens and two guys with really good matchups perform and you win every game <clears throat> yeah yeah that's spot on and well said so what did you take to that third one by the way like what was the army what, what was the list you if you remember Space Wolf Drop Pods. Was this Black Mains? Was this 6th edition? Or was this, this was... I think it still might have been a 5th. Because, yeah, it, Black it, was, Mains, like, it wasn't yeah. called Black Mains then, was it? But it, it was no. just all the Grey Hunters just, and Long Fangs. I literally stuff. just, yeah, it was Grey Hunters, Long Fangs, and it was all drop. And I just took the took the board. And it was one of those those armies that I was, I was a defender again. And I was specifically just trying to stop you, you know, using old school nonsense with drop pods mm-hmm. and just pushing people out and just always scoring at least a draw kind of thing. And there was a couple of years where I did that. It's funny because I actually got switched a couple of years to attacking more and it does, yep. and it does feel better when you put up the bigger scores, but that's what you're supposed to do. It's actually not even as valuable as defending. No, the defenders are the guys who do the real work. The attackers just go out and do what your arms, army is built to do. The defenders are the guys who are scratching, clawing for every point, and uh, they're the guys who are pouring sweat until an attacker goes into a into a green and starts getting their ass handed to them, and then you see the real panic come out. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, what is the thing is, is I, I like I don't know I like being in the in the grind. I've taken a couple of lists. The the what we had I took those drop pods. I took uh, Eldar. You know, scatterbike spam the one year with with spiders and shit you know that was me really thinking outside of the box i went i have casters spiders and scat bikes there was there was a real real thought provoking list i'm like i'm gonna shoot you <laughs> on an open board <laughs> yeah uh it's yeah that's pretty yuck um talking about team i guess i guess no one's more qualified to talk about the progress of team america than you but uh, where do you really is there a year in your mind or a um a country that the ETC was at where you can say, Hey, this is when we like came of age with a country and we started taking this super seriously and pushing the envelope. Yes. It was, it's always been, it's something, you know, you always have, but it, some people just have a hard time uh, when they lose a couple games. You know what I mean? You mm. got to get people out of that. That's uh, so why you should, I think you should design leads. Not like you're going to have like a, an entire psych section of uh, UTM USA, but I think the last three years we've been really way more in it than we had. We had some, we were very ready the, the very last year for WTC, uh, but we had a couple issues. Of course we had Jeff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, so we had a, a couple, you know, problems. Um, we still had, a, we were, we were still very close. 
to placing, even with those things going on. So I think that we we spend a lot more time. One, I spend a ridiculous amount of pairing, and I try to involve everybody in that. Yeah, because I'm I'm the old man. Everybody, I call. I never text anybody. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. Brad, do you even know how texting works. <laughs> Like literally, you could have messaged me, you could have Discord, you could have done anything, yeah. but you called me on your probably rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like to get people. I like to get people's mojo because you want to get real scores and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And you also want to ask where people are. Like, hey man, because you can you can shame the rest of your team into, hey, what do you think about Poland's lineup? What do you think about Germany? What do you think about France? You know, like how's that matchup for you? And mm-hmm. then they. It engages everybody and i think the more homework you put you can tell the more homework i mean because there's certain teams i mean you guys ramped up your game like hardcore uh from the last years oh uh, yeah like tw- tw- we had a, had a complete shift from 20 from before, anything before 2019 to 2019 and now ongoing where we're aiming to be as as good as we can possibly be but uh on that note, we might take a little short commercial break, but it's actually not a break at all anymore because uh, all our marketing is now done for the Frontline Gaming uh, organization, Frontline Gaming Network, who we're happy enough to be a part. And I'm here to tell you about the Frontline Gaming Community Facebook page. So this is a new initiative being launched by Frontline Gaming in support of the huge swathe of events they're looking to run, but not, not only just for 40K, but for Age of Sigma and probably for a lot of other games as well. That Facebook community is where you you want to be if you want to have a deciding say in some of the, the planning that's moving forward. Most notably, they've got a poll up there right now to try and decide what size teams um, they want for their team's events. Uh, I think the the five man vote is the sorry the five player vote is currently leading the way significantly. Um, but there's you know you can choose for four, you can choose for three, you can choose for six, you can choose for eight. So jump onto the, to um, Facebook, search Frontline Gaming. Uh, so Frontline One Word Gaming Community. Uh, jump on there, join that, and have your say in uh, Frontline Gaming moving forward and the events that you want to attend. Um, so yeah, jump on there, look them up, and support the support the organization that supports us and supports so much so many other facets of this game. What do you rate? What's your vote for, Brad? You're going to vote for Fives, fours, threes, nines. Fives, I think yeah. because I prefer I prefer eight. I mean, obviously that that's mm. the my favorite because it gives the most intricacies with the pairings. But I think that with the ATC being uh, the experience of the ATC and it's been so popular, it's had so many teams that we've been able to bring. That I think that five man teams uh, are what people are able to bring, that's and a, we'll get yeah. more teams. I was about to say, eight mans is great when you've got a whole country you play a pool to pull from. But if it's just you and your mates, you might not have eight guys who are interested in, in traveling around to do things like this. And I don't think that I don't think we want that to be a limitation. You know, team, I, I actually want to I want to throw have you guys throw it out because I like the way that you guys do your team tournament circuit right now because you guys have restrictions on people that can be on each team on representative teams. Yeah, for the so for the twenty <laughs> so for twenty. Uh, 19 and for quite a bit uh, for, the, for the bit of 2020 that we got um the etc team was just like every team's event that happens we're, we're going to field one at least or two teams and we're just going to use it for the best possible practice we can get um and that that was good for the team obviously the result is there to, to speak for itself we played off for the win but it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way hey why should we come to this event when we're just like essentially giving our money and our time to the etc team some people were supportive that they like hey i'm happy to just come and, and roll dice and if you guys um, you know, get some practice out of it so much the better. But a lot of people, some people started staying away because they were like, well, we have 0% chance of winning this thing. Um, so, you know, why should we come? 
And so in, to do that in Australia, we said that you can have a max of, well, a lot of people at different places are doing things differently, but you can have a, a max of one or two representative level players, e.g. you have a caliber that you can represent your state. So Australia has a, a state system, like we have a national um, teams event of an ilk of the we have we send each state in Australia sends their best eight players to an ETC style tournament that's held in a different state in the year. Um, if you are good enough to represent your state, you can have a max of two of those players. Um, or if you're good enough to represent your nation, as in you, you've played for Team Australia or you have been selected for Team Australia, and uh, that's breath that's breathed a massive new life into our teams. And we are still going to have some stuff where it's just like. You know, no holds barred. Bring your best. Bring your best oh, loaf. Sure, but yeah, I just like the because you get more people involved. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a big guy about just I want the more people we can get playing and developing and getting better and playing better. Play basically anybody that says that they I never lose at my local shop. Well, you're never getting better. You literally, yeah, dude. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, I I don't know about you, but I learn. 20 times more from my losses than my wins. A hundred percent. And the thing mm. is, is if you keep playing uh, loose and sloppy and everything else, and you'll get bad habits and then you'll get smashed because you can't pull those same thing. You should be, yeah. I think a lot of those games where you're playing someone that you're a little bit better than in skill, maybe a lot of times you're playing in those things. You should be going over what they should be doing. You know what I mean? Mm. Talk through people. A lot of people are very receptive of, especially after the games of going, because a lot of times literally after any big tournament games I play, a lot of people are just like, Hey man, what would you have done different? You know what I mean? Like, and then we talk, we talk about the game, you know, this, yep. a lot of times you and I are playing a game right now. You can a lot of times go to whoever makes them the first movement mistake is at a huge disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And almost all the time I know where that happened in a win or a yeah. loss. You're like, oh, that then the, the, the game started going either downhill or super well for me after this. But I think that it's a, a really sign of you getting better as a player is when you go, oh, this is what happened in either a win or a loss. You know, I started, this is when things started going better. Yeah, spot on. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for that, the first person to blink, especially if you're two players of equal skill. I think I really think it is the first, first person to make some kind of medium level mistake just all of a sudden has a has a much worse time but moving on so you said like 20 so 2017 2018 2019 obviously are the years sorry 2016 17 18 are the years where america really built towards that championship um, that they got in the 2018 year which was a phenomenal run a phenomenal effort as well by all parties what's 2016 look like 2016 was i think the first year where we started bringing more people back than we had new. And I think yep. that's a big deal is having for me that, and that's all opinion on that, but I, I, I like to have at least two thirds of the team being people that have been there before. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't think you can have an, uh, a whole bunch of new players nah. uh, and having, and having them in because again, that new player experience, there's a lot of, of sticker shock when you show up and like things are different and you know you maybe you haven't played in a lot of team tournaments before then there's a lot of people that are only singles guys uh, 100%, uh, dude 120 percent. i i wholly back that perspective i think there's no way you can take like less than half like so more than half new bloods and and realistically expect to do well um there's just such an there's such a experience gap there's blooding new players at a at a, a rate in which you can turn over your team like actually legitimate list management is, is what we're talking about here like like of, of, a, of a sport 
Like, you know, a, 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 an NFL team, a, a football team needs to manage their list, needs to manage their, their list of players. And every, so this is a, this might be a bit brutal um, to go into, but every nation only has a certain percentage of their player pool that can, op, that can function at a, at a good enough level to represent their country. And that's, I don't think there's, it might, it might be icky to say, but I think everyone accepts that that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's not even just a thing. It's just also, you go, we have, X amount of people that can play. And then what you have to do when you're looking for a team also is you have to go, I need to at least have a general idea of what eight lists we general mm. lists we'd like to take because it's going to be a big deal in team selection also, because, you know, you're like, we, we decided we hundred percent want, you know, Imperial guard or something. Well, who are the best Imperial guard players? That's one of, you know, you want that. If you want that, that list on your team let's get the one of the best guys to play it well it's actually right like there's a, it's actually funny you say that because there are some guys with skill sets that are evergreen like imperial guard in an eight person lineup is kind of an evergreen faction because they can play horde they can play mech or they can they, they can play artillery um they're the three styles and you, the, one of those styles is always going to be kind of worth taking um and so you have guys that have different skill sets and play different factions that always have an unfair well not an unfair advantage they have a better chance of making the cut than others like, yeah, yeah. It was funny because we were just talking about that. We we're talking about one of your your guys, one of one of your. I, I apparently I talked to all my uh, my clients. That are all from super time zones that I'm not in. But uh, <laughs> now we were actually talking about that, getting ready for uh, trying to make the Australian team. And the the questions were, what should I be? He went up to one of the last year's uh, team captain, uh, and then or team one of the team. It was the team captain or one of the guys, whatever. I'll, I'll screw this story up as much as I want. <laughs> but he just he just literally asked him. It's like, hey man, there's a million people that are super good with Marines. What should I be playing if I'm going to get on the team? You know what I mean? Like I'm putting up good results, but if I put up only all good results with just Marines, mm-hmm. I might not get on the team because yep. the Marine player might be set in stone. And we only have one. You know, yep. especially now when the all the books are now supplements and not by themselves. So you don't have a Blood Angels player, a Spaceless player like we used to. Those are just supplements. So you have one Marine guy. Mm. So my, yeah, and, and dude, that's the thing that I've, I get asked pretty regularly. Like, well, not that regularly, but I, for a time I was getting asked that like constantly. Like, what have I got to do? What can I do as a player to get a better shot at XYZ selection? Um, I tell people to try and stand out like, and, and try and stand out in the dark times. Like, if you really want to stand it now, jump, play GSC. Play something that is gutter trash and uh, make an impact with it. And that that'll that you will get such a bigger light shone on you than the next guy who wins with the same white skies list that the last ten guys are bunch of white skies. This is the time to start doing stuff like that though, because you can like literally grab fringe stuff, yeah, man, and still score well in ninth edition because you still have to you know take the board do your secondaries yep. and every Dude. army can do that some do it better than others obviously but Dracar- the, Dracar- the yeah. little dracari wave that's coming in right now off the back of like jt's elvin open thing people are like wow we can j-. so you can just take like a stupid msu jam-packed M- j- you know like El- sorry dracari army and just win games damn pull them out of the closet and yeah it's, it's actually this little wave is coming right now and um when those things happen, like if you were say, let's say you're playing GSC right now, and some minor points changes come in, you know, and then in a couple of months, you know, so they have a little wave where they come back into relevance, and you're you're the name on that's riding that wave first, like the first guy to put up a decent score because you got some faction mastery, you've been playing them in the downtime, you've been struggling through the marine matchups and the death guard matchups and stuff, and then the the codex comes and you're like 
you're already ahead of the meta because you've already been playing, you already know what's good in ninth edition. And then you're just chucking the stuff that's good because of the codex changes. And you're like the guy on the tip of the tongue when you talk about who's doing good with GSC. Man, you there's no one in a better box seat for getting selection. 100%. I just, I believe in that so much. That's why I, I'm not going to lie. I try to grab every year. That's why I play so many different, I mean, I played everything. I played... What was it? Ugh, Mac, the boringest Mech Eldar list last year. The year before yeah, that, I played Chaos Horde. I played a, I can't even remember what I played. I played a different Horde. And then I said I played Eldar twice. I played a weird year where I played Tau and Knights. <laughs> that was what, six, the, 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 the craziness of 6th edition? Right. It was yeah. just, and then, uh, we, but uh, each year, I try to grab, and that's, I think that's another reason why I've been on the team so long, because I'll just go, what do you guys need, you know, on the team <clears throat> that no one's that basically we look at no one that is potential for the team and hasn't taken, you know what I mean? And I'll yeah. just, I'll play that. You know what I mean? Just yeah. tell me what you want me to play that somebody well, else has to already have. I want to be on that list. I'll start playing it early. And also it, it opens a slot up for me most of the time because I'll go, I'll play the off list. Well, I was about to say, how do you define your role? Like I said, you, you have a, as I've noted before, you have some medical um, things that could be debilitating, could cause you to not perform to the, the best of your ability. You have, and also have another hat to wear because you're the pairings guy. So how do you manage to find your role in the team? Because obviously, I feel like a grindier or a defensive build is better for you because it takes less, you know, front yeah. frontline linear power, game in, game out, having to perform so quickly, so efficiently. Um, I, I agree. It has been what I what I prefer. That's what I was saying. I, I was an attacker a couple of times, did really well, you know, put up, you know, 90 plus points kind of thing of games. But I like the times when I'm more grindy because I feel it also helps. It helps the pairings for me too. Because it's, it, I mean, it's, if I can take out a bad matchup as a, as a defensive army, it actually makes it, a lot easier for me because it's one less player i also have yeah. to explain why ex i demolished. Ex exactly <laughs> if you have to protect yourself in the pairings matchup it could be seen as like the other members of your team could see it disfavorably oh he's just working for his own benefit not for ours yeah i'd rather just i'd rather just pull some stuff out and mm. just play defensive because you don't get that you don't get people thinking oh he's just you know he's just taking good matchups i so just nonsense how have you managed to shoulder that burden? Because it sounds like you've been doing that consistently for a number of years. Surely it's got to be taxing of, and a much, very, very, very taxing some years more than others. How have you managed that internally? I think it actually puts me more in the zone about it, to tell you the truth, hmm. because by doing that and by harassing everybody on the team with my incessant phone calls, <laughs> it, uh, it, it makes me understand the matchups a lot because everybody wants talks through them with me and stuff like that so like i literally did it for the longest time uh i do my cardio i go for bike rides i do forever and the entire time i was doing it i was calling somebody about pairings so yeah. you know, i do like an hour of some sort of cardio and the whole time i was doing it you have to deal with the wind outside <laughs> you have to deal with my crappy voice quality uh but we'll talk about stuff but actually it, it makes me feel more engaged because if I'm just on the team and I'm only thinking about just my pairings and I'm not really, I'm in a bubble kind of thing. You know, I don't feel like I'm, I have that, that team mentality until I do. So for me, I really like that because it, it makes me get in that mindset for pairings and maybe taking bad matchups and, and knowing everybody's army and also talking through those lists. 
means that I can play more things. Cause I'll like a lot of times Nick and I have talked forever when snakes was on the team for a long time. Uh, Nanavani and I would talk almost every day, uh, just yapping about different lists, but then, you know, we'd go back and forth and each one of us would find uh, a different trick for a different team's army. Like yeah. why they take that. And then hopefully you found all those tricks before you get there, you know, so you're not bumped by surprise. Cause I mean, exactly. there's a ton of games. Think about, think about losses. When you get to a certain level, you, a lot of times a loss is because you didn't know how one particular synergy or interaction worked. Maybe it doesn't work mm-hmm. after, you know, you play it, but you don't get a chance. You don't get a, like a reset. <laughs> Once yeah. you lost the game, they're not like, you want to play again? They're like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and take this win and, and move yeah. on. No, exactly right. Now, so 20, 2016, you said there was a bit of a, a coming of age, a bit of a, hey, we're actually going to push and try and go for a win. And you said you kept a lot of the the players the same. Uh, that, that was kind of the first year you decided, hey, let's keep it, let's keep a core of this together. Um, how well was that received by the wider community? Was there a bit of pushback there or was that just like, okay, that's probably for the best? A little bit at the first because everybody, there was a lot, there's a lot of East Coast, West Coast for a long mm. time with us uh, because a lot of the team was east coast ish i'm kind of east coast slash i'm in the middle of the country you're a tweener uh, yeah a tweener. i'm on the still on the one side of the mississippi river but uh i'm i'm still in eastern standard time i'm i'm at the, i can drive for uh, 20 minutes and be in a different time zone but yeah i'm i'm still technically eastern standard time yeah but uh, a lot of people and the thing is is america has a hard time with that you guys mm. i mean you guys have that issue because you have an East Coast and a West Coast with a lot of your players. So it's well, just it's, tough. Yeah. It's, well, I suppose you guys have like a full country's population on each coast, whereas in Australia, we've got we've got 26 million people for the whole country. And so what happens there is that we, we try and pick people from uh, different states, but we never want to pick one person from a state, which is the issue. We pick one guy from a state. That guy is the guy that's always going to be kind of in, yeah. the, worst, in the worst form um, prior to the event. You want to pick a guy who can get like at least practice against quality opposition um, of the ETC standard in the ETC mindset, like every week, like at least. Um, so a, that's always a been a huge struggle for us. Yeah, if you're not getting in enough games, and that's the thing you have to be honest too, is you have a lot of people that are good players, but hey, man, it, how is life? You know, what I mean, did you just have like five children? You know, like are yeah. you going to be able yeah. to play the well, ridiculous amount of games that you actually have to play to be on the team on the national team? That's legitimately why I wanted to have you on because I, I don't know. I've, I know some people who've been to 10 ETCs, WTCs, yeah, and they're, they're mythical names, um, you know, thrown away. And like, you see that guy over there? That guy's been to every single, like, Neil Curl point at some random, you know, European gentleman and be like, that guy's been to every single one of these. And he always, he always gets a winning record or some crap and like, wow, what an absolute legend. But I believe you should be talked of in the same breath because outside of like, in in a Europe, like nobody does what you've done. Nobody goes to nine of these damn things. Oh, it's it's so awesome though. <laughs> it is so freaking awesome. So yeah, that, that's sixteen. So we'll talk about we'll talk about twenty seventeen now because twenty seventeen was the beginning of the run towards the championship. We'll talk about the next two in part two because we're going to wrap this one up soon. But twenty seventeen set a bit of a stage for us. How is the team going into it? Were you legitimately thinking this is a year we're going to win it, or just, are we going for just a winning record? Are we going for a podium? What was the goal? 2017, we were very, very psyched, but we made two really bad army choices. And yeah, we totally. put two. We put two people on bad armies for them. We we took a big guess on meta 
because uh, I think that was 2017 was the beginning of eighth. It was the beginning of eighth or the last of seventh. I can't remember. No, it was, it was the big. It was the beginning. Beginning. Remember, because we that was before they even had the rule of three. So oh, everybody was playing. Yeah. Uh, six storm ravens. Mm. Two, every single team had six storm ravens. Birds. Yeah, uh, it was yuck. Grim. Yeah, it was a. That was the worst year of armies ever. Because remember, we only had like three months of that, and then GW was like, "Wow, you're." They they actually went to Nova right after that, and uh, all the GW staff showed up at Nova and yeah. looked looked at all the armies and just went. This, this is isn't what we did. <laughs> this is yuck. Uh, what was it? Was it was it Root or somebody playing with like nine hive tyrants, flying hive tyrants, and like, yeah, that's that's vile. <laughs> Get rid of that. No, it was so nuts. Yeah. And so what? What were those two armies that you didn't equate for or that that underperformed for you? We, we, we took an Eldar list that just didn't have enough shots. We we thought that we we'd have more lists that were like the Storm Raven type lists. Yep. And then, of course, we had, you know, people bringing a million conscripts, a million birds, yep. a million brims. Uh, and then he just kept, we got into pairing uh, traps because we just didn't have enough lists that could deal with that. Mm. And uh, we got stuck and we had two of our guys. It was also, uh, that was the year that Root came with a bad orc list because he, and he, and he told this too, he's on the team, but we we flipped. He had a great list. He was ready to go. He would play the shit out of it. And then we you know, the captains voted that we're going to play eighth. And he's like, I'm in the last couple months of med school. Mm. I'm not going to play any games until, yeah. but before this, he's like, and this is a brand new list that you guys made basically. So he showed up, but you know, we made a list that we hoped that he could do well with, uh, but he had no reps. So, you know what I mean? He just, you know, the dude was a medical, it's not his fault. You know, at that yeah. point in time, yeah. we just waited to, switched the the entire edition and went hey man you should play more 40ks like i'm probably gonna go ahead and be a doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right there is no there is no choice or decision there and nothing disparaging about that decision so yeah um crazy so how did you end up doing that year like what was the what was the end result mid we were we were top 10 but it was it was a disappointing year because i feel like that was one of the years that we came in very confident and then uh, we just made bad. We, we had a couple of weird things happen, and we we made one big bad choice. But the problem is, is you can't show up with two bad army lists. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you can show up, you can show up with one one bad one. You can show up with one one that you that you can just bust or you can try and protect. But trying to protect two is actually really difficult. Right, and then it ended up getting us some. It, we ended up uh, just having a a real weird dichotomy in the team because like four people scored like 95 plus and then four people just had you know terrible tournaments uh and we kept we kept winning we kept drawing and it kept a couple losses and stuff and they were so close and they were just like and then it kept getting more and more infuriating almost because we're like ah if we didn't make these terrible calls you know we we, we literally got two draws i think in a row wow uh, we were like 10 points away from a win and you're just like god you know if we would have just brought what we what we should have brought but i mean nobody really knew at that point in time because we had we had a month i think from when they made that vote from seventh to eighth mm. uh, and we had and a lot of those matches were so crazy because that was also uh you go first you you know you deploy first you go or you you roll the you basically whoever went first in those in those storm raven matches Clubbed. Yeah, just, I that year I, I scored a 
I think I, I scored at 80 or 100, and I think my loss was a zero. I got all 20s and a zero. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, you know, I went second one game, mm. and I'm just like, oh, well, I guess I'll lose. You know, it's just it's so stupid. Yeah, it was so yuck. There was no like, um, what are the what was the rule? The two CP that came in where you get cover turn one if you're going second. Um, yeah. There was there was nothing Prepare. to help you. Prepare <laughs> positions. There was nothing to help you. Like you were just like, oh, cool. We roll TC goes first. We can just shake. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> do do your first so do your first shooting set phase. If you don't relay an absolute egg, we're we're cool. We're done. It was um, just crazy in those lists. You're just like, mm. Ugh. and I I was playing the more boring. There was the there was two Raven lists. One was the Bobby G list, which is the best list, and then there was the Dante. Uh, yeah, the second the second field one. Yeah, mm. It was like the the JV of, of Storm Raven list. <laughs> but it was yeah. that was a crazy year. Uh, the, and the next year is we won. We won after that. Mm. Uh, we and I really think that that year was a really good year as far as once we weirdly enough we were yapping about to each other about this this and this leading up to mm-hmm. it and then we actually got to the the event and everybody like got together and we practiced and did everything it was like we did this eighties montage video of everybody getting their stuff together and we became a team <laughs> out of nowhere uh, the funniest thing is is that. Uh, but I think that we, that we had our extra team. So we we literally did the 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 boot camp. We played three days with a 40K. And then we mm. showed up at the event. And uh, Mr. Stephen Preprine, still remember you, Doss. He had one job, which was to bring me a unit of Zangors. And of course. The best is we hang out. Preprine, Rose, myself, and my wife, Brittany, uh, were hanging out all day. And we're eating dinner, and I'm like, "Hey, man, uh, I gotta grab those. I want to. I want to set up my display. My, you know, could I so I can walk everything in tomorrow morning? So I just make sure everything's there, nothing's broke." And he just has this look of like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "He's like, I, I don't have." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that." And he's like, "I don't." And we start calling everywhere uh, in the country, and no one mm-hmm. has them. And, and it was too late uh, because everybody had already left. And, yep. and the best part is when I got taunted the entire rest of the night because every we had a we ate dinner with effectively everybody. Uh, shout out to my our waiter that night because we started with a party of four and it became a four, party of forty. Holy crap! They, they didn't let him. They they considered it all his one table, and it was Team England, Team Wales, Team Sweden, Team Finland, all the Americans. All at one group. Uh, Neil and those guys were everybody. All the judges came, uh, and we all ate dinner. And that one guy was our waiter. That's so, insane. Yeah. Hope you tipped him he, out. He was, I hope, hope you got his years worth of tips in that night, oh, dude. We we just threw money at him because we're just <laughs> like he was just literally sprinting back and forth. Yeah, uh, getting us drinks, and of course we're a bunch of drunk. It was Wednesday before everything, so we're just <laughs> like yeah, whatever. But we uh, so we couldn't use singers. <clears throat> so I talked to the, the team. I tell Sean, uh, captain at the time, I'm like, hey, and I talked to Neil and I'm like, hey, I, I literally cannot get these. And I'm like, if we get something Zangor esque on the same, the regular, you know, the, the regular bases, the exact same size, yep. what does the what does everybody, the captains all say? And they're like, if you can have it in basically the same size, the same base, and painted. You can you can play basically whatever. And the 
the local store donated 30 like sea guard fantasy models to me and that's I amazing 30 uh just the super expensive because the only ones they have the 32 mil display uh, yeah. or, uh base and the whole team and a couple of the other guys uh jonas from finland a couple other robert from sweden uh all helped basically put all my models together uh and painted everything right there the whole team just like got that whole thing together and it was kind of cool wow. i still have those models <laughs> i love those stories i think they're fantastic that that's a yeah that stupendous man that's so cool um there's a one, one thing i want to ask you this is more, more of this stuff is what we're going to talk about in part two but your longevity at the kind of in the upper upper bracket of competitive 40k is 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 legendary at this stage it's actually legendary um what is one what is a skill or an attribute that you think you possess that enables you to stay so relevant pretend that i don't do any homework and i do a stupid amount of math <laughs> as I do. What is uh, it? Give, I, us an give us an example i have like spreadsheets of durability and mm -hmm. how much damage you need to kill anything because i think i know other armies pretty well also so i do a lot of reading if you don't sleep if you get in bad health and you just never sleep you can do a lot of extra reading <laughs> so yeah but, uh, that's fair. i know other armies pretty well and I actually, I think it's super important to maximize your, your basically what your clock is. If you, if I know that my unit of 10, whatever's kills this unit of five, 83% of the time, then I, then I already know that. And I don't have to yeah. think about what I should do as far as my, I should, I just have to make the best tactical decisions as opposed to, does this kill this, you know? Mm. So I, I, I work a little bit on stats on that so that. When I do things, I usually have a really good chance of that working out, and I don't have to think about it because you don't. Because the thing is, is I see a lot of times people have to make shitty decisions in the last fifteen minutes of the game because mm -hmm. you wasted too much time on what you were going to do in turns one and two, especially like deployment. Man, if you yeah. and I, let's let's be honest, if you and I are playing a game, seventy-five to eighty percent of your deployment is one hundred percent. Yeah. Set. It's you set, literally yeah. go. I have to deploy here. This is blocking. Mm -hmm. I have to deploy here. It's blocking, and I need to take that objective over there, or at least be able to contest it. You're, you're. It's just happening. There's most of the time you're like, if I have a big thing or I have a super fast thing, I'll wait to see where most of your threats are, kind of thing, and that's about it. You know. Besides I've, I've, that, I've even said, it. I've even said that to opponents. I've been like, okay, so you have your one. So you know, I'm, I'm playing. Dark Angels at the moment. So I have my one big brick of twenty term of ten Terminators, and my two Talamasters are going to go behind it, as well as these three, these other two characters, like my Apothecaries, Brian, obviously, and you know the the guy with the Pendant of Remembrance. Do you mind if I just deploy them as one? I'm just I'm just going to chuck them all down. I can do them one at a time if you like, but they they're going they're going there. <laughs> you know, I've already deployed the Terminators. You know where all the characters are going now. I started putting stuff out, and I didn't even look up. And that guy's like, "Well, I'm going to put this." I go, "I'm literally putting." 20 poxwalkers here, 20 poxwalkers here, yeah. 20 poxwalkers here, and I'm going to put characters inside them. It, I, that's where, you know, nine does, of my drops yeah. are going. Does that uh, bother you? And yeah, they'll be exactly. like, nah, go for it, mate. And you're exactly. yeah, cool. Like, uh, I don't care where you're putting your stuff because I have to put, you have a 20 man unit and I don't want it to get shot. There's probably mm, one or two one places place. in, yeah, yeah. Exactly, where I can put all of them anyway. So why am I waiting for you? And that's mm. time that I can have. To make decisions you know what i mean yeah. i don't have to just screw around 
And I don't have to pretend that what you're doing matters right now. <laughs> well, I usually I usually say to Fred, like, I'm going to, like, my last three drops, like, he's my two little attack bikes, my little one and two man guys, you go and get engaged and stuff. I'm going to stop when I get to those. That's my last three drops. So you do everything up until your last three drops, mate. And then we'll revisit. And then, you know, I won the role. So I got to put this one down first, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I, I do that with my mates, especially in practice games. Like, dude, just, I'm, I'm going to test out this deployment theory. You do whatever you want, but and off we go. But yeah, I, I love that stuff. I think that's that's a very good for us to to get in the the habit of. Well, as long as you're confident in the game, by all means, don't do that if that's not where you're at. Yeah, but um, no, dude, thanks for the insight. So you, when you say you you do a lot of math, like let's say you're preparing for a, a GT or a major, how much math do you think you, you do beforehand? And then when you're doing that math, what's the because obviously you can't do math on every army. You can you can you can select your two or three. I just I just uh, and the thing is is that it's it's still a lot of the armies are the exact same thing because if yeah. I'm shooting this four with a three up save, I mean it doesn't matter. When, hmm. what you are if you're if that's what you have that's what you have so i i know that if you give me 10 marine you know 10 marine wounds that are t4 with a three up save that you know i know the math hmm. on that so well, yeah oh i um i do something similar but i suppose i don't do it on armies or whatever i just i don't consider something durable unless it can survive this xyz really potent thing that a lot of people bring like for for example like I, I, you, in the castellan meta you couldn't consider a unit durable unless you could, could survive most of a castellan shooting at it um if it couldn't survive that then it wasn't a durable army and that, i suppose that's what you gotta you gotta assess the metrics of the, the current meta i suppose right now like i don't consider something durable in combat unless you can survive getting charged by nine repentia well, um, i do it a lot because i see people wasting shots a lot of times because they mm. think that they, they haven't done the math before yeah. And if, if I'm shooting at, we'll use Deathwing Terminators. Deathwing Terminators and a one-up save, four-up invulnerable, transhuman because you only wound them on a four, and mm-hmm. then they probably have a six-up final pain after that, and they yep. might be minus one to damage. Mm-hmm. Well, you should know what your army does to that, which a lot of times yeah. is nothing. And mm-hmm. you could have been shooting at attack bikes or squads or yep. just whoever's yep. in the army, and you're like. And people just feel that they have to kill the teeth of the army. Mm-hmm. You're like, if you or if you just did a little bit of, of you know, a little homework, you just know that. Well, I'm not going to do anything to that. Well, why? Why bother? They also move five inches. So spot on. Don't go there. Spot on. Yeah, spot on, man. And it's just such a big deal uh, to know what your predictable metrics are. Like, what's your, what's your predictable outcomes if I shoot this unit at X? I feel like you, you don't and don't take those as, as valid. I mean, like every every unit or fighting, like shooting or fighting something is a bell curve and the average is, is only a slim amount of things that are going to happen. So, but know what that range is. Know, know what the, like, the likely outcomes between the a bit above average, a bit of below average in the middle. Um, I feel like that's really good knowledge for a lot of players. So yeah, dude, thank, thanks for that. That's a good insight. Like even, even, so even at the top echelon, we've had, a, I've had Sean Naden on here doing one of these and he says, ah, I never think about the math. And now we've got the counterpoint. We've got a gentleman who's been around for just as long, who's, who's put in the, the effort and the reps. He still does it. He's <laughs> for sure. He's just trying to pretend he's superhuman. He's the, yeah. I'm sure we, we, we have an argument about that because he wants to flex and bring those stupid hellions to his next thing. Oh, uh, yeah, and yeah. It's rattling off the, the mass on if it brings down Magnus or uh, a chicken. And I'm like, you liar. You do math all the time. You do math tons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, do, he does his average math. He's just like, yeah, I want to know what the, the predictable outcomes are, but that's about it, which is what I was pretty much saying. Um, but yeah, you go even further now. I think that's very interesting. But we'll, we'll, we'll pick up this discussion again in part two. We'll talk about those the last couple of WTCs you've attended as well, naturally that 2018 crown. Um, 
and then uh, coping with some adversity through the 2019 run as well as, as that was a, a pretty tragic set of events but uh dude thank you so much for this part one hopefully people have enjoyed this discussion it's been a bit um i tried to focus brad and he resisted several times we're just gonna Girl. let it flow guys the flow's too good the flow's too good to restrict anyway mate so it doesn't matter um but guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed this one. Hopefully you'll come over to the Patreon or uh, purchase us on artofwar.com, the artofwar40k.com, sorry, and uh, get involved in the community from there. But thank you so much, Brad. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Hopefully you're having some good times in your next couple of games on TTS. Our powerhouse um, of uh, Death Guard, yeah? Death Guard's what you're playing, of Death Guard goodness. Yeah, love it. I'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll talk about that in a bit and what you're playing at the moment. But yeah, dude, thank you so much. We'll join you on the other side, guys. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.